0: Sometimes our passions in life take a huge turn and we end up in a place we least expected, but love every minute of it. One day you're living your childhood dream and the next you're finding joy and purpose in the one thing you least expected to.
1: Being on the other side of it now, I'm just more happy and more fulfilled than I've ever been in that life.
0: That's Erica Schrock. And not too many years ago, Erica was singing her way around the world from Nashville to Italy. And now she is a financial planner who does everything for the love and impact of others. With an upbringing in finance, she found her way into it after leaving Nashville during the pandemic to find a more fulfilling purpose. This is one story you don't want to miss. This is Passion to Purpose and the power of digital marketing. Hi, I'm Lindsay Berta, founder of Berta Marketing, where I partner with passionate business owners to help them show up with purpose, build a strong digital presence, and bring in more leads online. And I want to enable you to do more of what you love because my passion is helping you grow yours. Well, hi, Erica.
1: Hello, Lindsay. How are you? I'm fantastic. How are you?
0: I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. I'm really excited to get to chat with you.
1: Absolutely. Me too. I,
0: I I love that you were so open to like hop on a call and network. And then I heard a little bit about your backstory and kind of where you started, then the, how you got into the field and into financial services. And- I Yeah, it's just fascinating. And I feel like we have a lot of similarities <laughs> with that. Yes, <laughs>
1: absolutely.
0: So I'm glad you came on to talk all about this, because I feel like having conversations like this on a platform, like on podcast and having people hear your story and it can inspire others in some way, um, whether that be through your services or how you got into business yourself. I just think hearing everyone's stories is inspiring
1: in in many ways. For sure, I think that's what it's all about too. Especially as female business owners, I think that's what makes Mm -hmm. each and every one of us so unique is our backgrounds and our stories. So, yeah, being able to collaborate, really connect with one another based around that, it it gets me really excited.
0: Yeah, me too, me too. And I think I told you about this before Um, years ago. I had worked on a campaign where we were working on getting more women into the finance space, kind of getting the word out there. Um, You know that finance isn't just you know the stereotypical what you hear. It's not just the numbers. It's not just all of that. It's, it's really about relationships. And so we had interviewed about five women and every single woman had a very unique story of how they got into finance. And I love that. So it's one of the first things I ask people now when I meet them and talk to them. So like, Hey, how'd you get into finance? You know, how did this all start for you? And that is one question I asked you. And I'd love to get into that now is, you know, where did your journey Start. I mean, you can start back as, as early as you want. But what did you what did you do, and what led you to to finance?
1: Yes. So my story is a little bit off the rails, and mm-hmm. so <laughs> it's fine. Love it. Yes. Growing up, I was actually a country music artist out of Nashville, Tennessee, for majority of my life. Love it. It was the most wildest roller coaster that I've ever ridden on, and I did a lot of really amazing. Things that I get excited about telling my future babies one day, you know, like, guess what mommies. but when the, when the pandemic hit in 2020, that was the very first time in my life where I had to sit with myself without that spotlight and that Mm -hmm. chaos and that lifestyle that I was living. And I just realized the amount of myself that I was really hiding within that spotlight. Mm -hmm. And I realized that I wasn't necessarily the best version of the woman that I knew I was called to be. Mm -hmm. And I had really lost myself through that industry, Mm -hmm. just from the molding and the making and taking on this identity of a character. And what I was finding happening was that this character I had to take on on stage was starting to dip into my personal life and who Erica actually was. Mm. And so I made a decision in 2020 to step away from that lifestyle. And that's not to say that I don't sing anymore or anything like that. I do. Singing is always my love. It's always my passion. But my entire life, I've really had two passions and that being music and that being finance. And so after I kind of made this transition, I didn't know what was next. And it was a very scary time in my life. Um, I also had, not only was I transitioning out of lifestyle, but I also had some personal things that took place during my life during that time too. Mm-hmm. And so it was just a full year of really this growth and development and figuring out, okay, who is Erica outside of the industry and what does that look like? And so growing up, my dad was actually a financial advisor, but I kind of hated everything about that too, because I was <laughs> like, dad, why is it that financial advisors will only talk to you if you make half a million dollars a year while they sip mm-hmm. on their bourbon and play ball six days a week? <laughs> and so the more research I did, I said, you know, I, I do love finance. This is a space yeah. that I'd love to be in and impact people, but I want to do it really, really different. And so yeah. I learned that if I opened my own practice, I only had to really listen to Uncle Sam and compliance. But yeah. Yeah. through compliance that, of course, <laughs> yes. And so through that, I went on this journey of just impacting women Mm. and being able to be that resource in her life that, because finance is terrifying. It's scary. Mm. Um, It's a very hard thing to understand for a lot of people. A lot of people find money to be very emotional um, and just certain struggles that, and especially as women, I think we have different struggles than a lot of others, right? right? And so I went on this path of opening my own practice where I could just love and impact other women and teach them that there is an avenue for you. There is a pathway for you. I'm just here to teach you. And so through that, I've done things like not charging for my time. So I allow companies to pay me, not my clients. And I never discriminate based on income. So I've got clients that are starting a business on 10K. I've got clients that are well-established that run their business on 10K. So It's just all about her and it's about her goals and her dreams. Um, and just being able to be that staple in her empire that allows her to go where she wants to go. So that's kind of where I am today, kind of how I got here. Um, massive transition, but being on the other side of it now, I'm just more happy and more fulfilled than I've ever been in my life. So I love that. I love
0: that. And I love just what you last said, I love that you're open to everybody. Like you're welcoming to everybody and absolutely. talking to everybody. Um, because I think that's so true. A lot of people feel like, oh, well, I'm not even going to reach out to an advisor. Cause you have to have like, that's like the stereotype, right? You have to have yes. all this money to invest. And it's like, well, you can talk to an advisor, um, you know, just to see how to get to that point. Yes. You know? absolutely. So, yeah. Yeah. So I would love to go back a little bit too, and talk about the music as well. Just because we have that in common. We have that in common for sure. So from a very young age for me, I mean, music was always a part of my life as well. Um, And then the age of 14 is when I first stepped on a stage and terrified as could be. Right. But then quickly, quickly fell in love with it. And I had the aspirations as well as like going to Nashville. I never did. I went to Nashville to visit But I never moved there as far as like pursuing music, kept it local, Um, actually sang with a national tribute band for a while. So got a little taste of like the bigger stage, that sort of thing. Lots of fun. But kind of like you, after a while, I felt like I wasn't doing it as much for me anymore. Um, I was doing it just to, oh, I didn't want to let anyone down. And like you said, it's not that you don't love it and you still don't like sing or you know, perform like I cook whenever every night I'm cooking dinner, I'm singing.
1: Yeah.
0: Right? Are you like that? Do you like just sing oh, around yeah, the absolutely. house? It's like all the time.
1: Yeah. My my car rides one rock concerts every day.
0: Yes. yes. Oh, oh, you would be fun on a road trip, I'm sure. Yes. <laughs> I love singing on road trips. <laughs> but I think too, like I actually just was talking about this today of how I always thought looking back at all my my music days, right? I was like, that is so separate from me now. But the more I looked at it, I was like, no, that was my first business. That was my first, right? I learned everything about, you know, obviously giving your audience, you know, what they want and being there and need and delivering what they they want. Um, But also the marketing, the PR, the everything that goes around that to really develop a personal brand. And now as a business owner, it's the same thing. You're putting yourself out there as a personal brand, you're marketing yourself. I I mean I feel it's very similar, but for the longest time I thought it was so separate.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: You had though a little bit of a um finance kind of tie, not saying that that's why you're in the business, but like you had a finance tie, so it was kind of um it you said it wasn't a backup plan. Never. It definitely was not a backup plan. I know you told me as well that um and I definitely want to get more into like the today of things, but I know you talked about something crazy. You sang for the Pope. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yes, I, I need to hear like, how did this happen? <laughs>
1: so I started thinking about the age of four-ish. Okay. Um, my parents had discovered that I had a real love for it. So they started getting me my training and all of that. So by the okay. time I got to college, I was a collegiate officer. Wow. Um, and so through that that took me over to italy um i sang for the pope all the major basilicas did all of that <laughs> it was it was amazing um but i told myself like i'd never go back to italy until i met the love of my life so but <laughs> it was it was the greatest two weeks of my life um, yeah just incredible.
0: oh i'd lo- have you been to europe any other places in europe no you no know? no just italy uh, i have not been to, i've been to europe i've not been to italy yet That is definitely on my list. Uh, Just beautiful. beautiful, The food. I mean, the food alone. Oh, yes. Yes. I mean, (laughs) Italian's like my favorite. Yes. Um, Yeah. And I can't wait to go back. Last time I was there was 2019 before everything like, you know, shut down and the world changed. You know, it's funny too. You said that that was around the time that you made your switch. I feel like so many people's lives shifted in so many different ways during that time. Yes. Um, I mean, that's really when I decided to jump into my own thing as well. Cause I was like, I'm relying on one income. Like this could go away, like one stream of income, yeah. you know, this could go away. And I was so that's when I started marketing my own thing and, and that kind of took off. And so, yeah, I think we all just had a little bit of time to really just reevaluate everything instead of just going with the busy, you know, workflow going, go, 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 go. We all had time to kind of sit back and decide, what do we really want? Yep. Yeah. And I think that's awesome that you found it. And I like that you said you feel more fulfilled now.
1: Very fulfilled. And yes. Poor. Yeah. I feel like every morning when I go out of bed now, I just have a purpose. And it's, yeah. it's a really good feeling. Yeah. <laughs> right. I think that's what it's all about.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about, more about how, you said you grew up with your dad doing finance and you're like, this is the last thing I want to do. <laughs> yes. And so obviously you approach things a lot differently in your business. Um, but yeah, so tell me a little bit about how that, yeah, how did you find that, that niche and kind of find your place in financial services when you were almost so against it as a young person?
1: So for me, it was just the love of finance. Um, yeah. I've always been a financial nerd. always. Okay. Um, even with running my own financials and music and I'm just dirty in that space so but then where I really started niche was that it's all the stuff that I saw growing up Mm -hmm. where I was like okay if I do this I want to do it my way I'm also I can be very stubborn so I'm very (laughs) much I'm going to do this the way I'm going to do it and I'm going to succeed at it and no one's going to tell me that I'm not You know? Yes. I love that. I love that. And so but it was the real eye opener for me. I remember I this was probably about two years ago. I I had taken a meeting with um somebody and she has an incredible business. Um just her idea was phenomenal and we were just talking about it. And um so we get into this meeting and she starts to cry. And I'm like, Mm. Oh my goodness, what's wrong? And she said I'm just a little girl with a dream. Why would you ever want to talk to me? I only make $65,000 a year. Aww. And from that moment forward, that's that's when it really clicked for me, that I really wanted to be just that not your typical run-of-the-mill advisor. Yeah. Two years later, this girl is profiting $5 million a year off her business. <gasps> and so every time I see her, <laughs> yeah, every time I see her, we always joke about it. And I'll be like, you're not going to cry on me today, right? And Aww. so it's it's just a lot of fun to be a part of another woman's empire. And you know, if the government would allow me to do it, I'd call myself a financial ally more than I would a financial advisor. Oh, um, advisors, nothing more than pieces of paper of licenses that I use. right It's so much deeper. and just to be able to be involved in her world and make her dreams come true, I just think that's what it's all about,
0: oh that yeah. That's amazing. And so, like you said before, it's just so fulfilling to be able to help someone in such a way like that. Yeah, And I like that you said too, that you wish you could be called a financial ally. Cause I have, I have, I have had discussions like that before with other advisors where, um, they were like, I really don't like the term financial advisor mm-hmm. uh, because I feel like, you know, and we had this discussion and I go, yeah, I said, it's more, it's almost like more like you're a you're a coach. Like you're, you're there with them. Not just, you know, it's not a, it's not just a one-time transactional thing. You know, we're, you know, you guys, I mean, you guys like, like me and in my business, it's, it's a partnership for, I mean, maybe life, right? The partnership for a very long time, you're helping people find where they want to be in life and then help them get there. So I would like to know um, what strategies you have used to grow your business. I mean, coming from someone who was in music and then jumping into a whole different field of finance, like what were some strategies that you used, Like when you first started to, you know, just start growing your business, start getting clients, start, you know,
1: getting that brand awareness out there. So from day one, for me, it's always been about word of mouth and referrals. Yeah. Um, I am not the girl that's going to pick up my phone and rip 50 cold cup co- calls every day. No. That is not me at all time for it. And I hate it. Right. Yeah. At the end it's the it's
0: day, also dated a bit. Yes. And because people just we have the color ID and all that now. We just ignore everything. Correct. <laughs> yeah.
1: The other part of that is that when I sit in front of a client and we click and we vibe, odds are that her circle is gonna vibe with me just as much as we did. And yeah. so I get excited about not only impacting people, but impacting circles and friendships. And mm-hmm. Those those sorts of things, and on the flip side of that, that's how I grew my business. And so, I am a master networker and a connector of people. I want to see everybody win. And so, even if you know it's not a client relationship, I have some of the greatest business relationships with some of the most amazing women on the planet because they were simply just referred to me. Yeah. Um, and so that's how I chose to grow my practice is just strictly word of mouth.
0: Yeah, networking is is where it's at. Yes. Networking is where it is at, and and a lot of networking for me anyway happens online. I mean, that's where we met each other, sure. <laughs> right? That's the only way too. Like you said, you're going to find who you vibe with, and that's just not everybody. All right, no clients, sure. not everybody, right? Sure. So getting, yeah. And on the flip side of that,
1: I'm not going to be everybody's cup of tea, and that's okay.
0: Yeah, and that's okay. You no, know? exactly. I think if you're going to have somebody
1: that's going to be beside you for the rest of your working life to coach you in finance, you better like them. Yeah. So exactly.
0: So I'd love to know too, I know you do a lot of word of mouth, but I know we found each other online. So I'm curious to know what all you're doing in terms of like online as well, like
1: showing up. Online for me and social media, my objective is never to get clients through social media. Mm Mm-hmm. My number one objective for social media is to collaborate with other people. And so Mm -hmm. there was a big time. We all joke about how it's lonely at the top, right? And how you got to find your track. And uh, when I talked about kind of that 2020 headspace for me and and those pivotal moments, when I came out of my music career, I couldn't believe how many people were in my life for my music career. And Mm -hmm. It became very evident when I left the scene. And so I went through this journey of kind of figuring out like, who is my truck? And to be honest, here I am four years later and I still don't know that I'm in time. But what I do know is that there are women that I, you know, it's funny to me when I have a business crisis, I do not pick up my phone and call my girlfriends that I've been friends with my entire life. <laughs> I pick up that phone and I'm calling Becky in Idaho, who I know has failed six businesses, who hey. can pick me up on a Tuesday afternoon, all because we connected over Instagram. And I think, oh, so true. Being able to find those women who think like me, act like me, and can move like me, and being able to build empires together in whatever capacity that looks like, to really take on our life together and break down boundaries and break down these barriers that not only have been on women for so long, but -hmm. women in business for so long. And I just think collaborations happen at the top. And I think that's what makes business life worth living. I really do.
0: I am 100% on board with that. I have met some of, I would even call them my best friends through just building a community online of like-minded professionals. It doesn't yes. even matter what what industry we're in. Um, I mean, I'm connected with obviously people in finance, people in marketing, people in branding, people in web design, like just kind of all over. People who are coaches, life coaches, um, and yeah, it's just an amazing community. I mean, all over the world. I have a good friend in in Portugal who will just call up and we'll set up a, a time to chat. Um, I have friends in Canada. We'll just set up a time to chat. Um, and yeah, we just chat and we talk about business because they get it. Yeah. Right? They, they get, get it. it. Not everyone's going to get it. Um, and yeah, oh, it's, and you just learn so much from one another. And yes. oh, it's, it's amazing. It's amazing. This podcast is a lot uh, for a lot of business owners. Um, we give a lot of tips and tricks and that sort of thing. <laughs> so when it comes to as a business owner and your finances, are there any, I know it. it's very unique to each individual, um, but is there any kind of uh, couple of things maybe we could dive into and talk about that you think a business owner really needs to pay attention to?
1: Yeah. I have something that I like to call the 20 20 rule. It's okay. very basic, but I, I preach it to all my clients all the time. So you should have a 2060 20, 20 rule for your personal finances, and you should have a 2060 20, 20 rule for your business finances. So, your personal finance looks like 20% of whatever you're making a year should be going towards savings. Mm-hmm. And when I say savings, it's anything and everything that has to do with finance. So, savings accounts, investments, retirement, child planning, whatever that looks like, call it 20% a year. 60% of whatever you make should be going towards your bills cost of living hmm. the remaining 20 percent of whatever you make here is fun money spend how you want to travel live life to the fullest. on the flip side of that business looks like save 20 percent of whatever the business is making in your business account at all times for down seasons or unexpected expenses yeah or growth in your business your overhead should never be more than 60% of whatever that business is profiting a year. The remaining 20%, this is different for a lot of people based on what kind of business that you run. Nine times out of 10, I'm going to call that marketing. Go spoil your clients with it. Go to big events that cost a lot of money that's going to allow you to grow and collab with other women. Call that your 20% growth category, whatever that looks like Mm -hmm. for whatever industry you're in. And so a lot of people will say to me, well, How do you organize that initial 20% savings? That's my job. So your job is just to live life to the fullest and pay your bills. My job is to save that 20% and put it where it needs to go based on your dreams and your goals, whether personally or for your business. They are connected, but they are not the same. And so I would say for any, any entrepreneur, that would be the number one thing that I would preach is just really having that structured twenty six and 20 on both personal emphasis.
0: And is there, um, speaking of, you know, networking and all of that that you talked about, how can people get in touch with you? Where can they find you?
1: I am on everything, but <laughs> Instagram's probably my favorite. Um, yeah. I spend a lot of time on there. So it's Erica Schrock, the woman's female advisor on Instagram. If you don't have Instagram, I am on every social media site. Um, I also run my practice a little bit differently when I say please don't call my office phone because I'm not gonna answer you. Right? <laughs> um I want the DM. I want the ex- yes. I want the personal phone call. Um I just run my practice very personally. Yeah. And so it's not you're not gonna go through some weird automated thing. Um, yeah. just reach out <laughs> to me. I'm a human and let's just talk. When so,
0: you're like, don't call me, DM me. It's like such a typical millennial response.
1: Yeah. Or if you're going to call me, like call my personal cell phone. Like that's just yeah. how I am with my clients. I don't, Yeah. I don't even use my office phone. It's too much. Yeah. I'm, too
0: much. Yeah. I'm, I'm the same. All my clients, I'm like, you can text me. Uh-huh. You can call, like, no, I don't think I've ever had anyone just call me out of the blue. It's always like a text or, Hey, I would love to talk. Can we set up a call? Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm the same way. Like I want to be very involved and very approachable. And yeah. yeah. Well, it was really nice to get to know a little bit more about your background and hear about all the music stuff. I still would love to hear even more. And <laughs> I have so many questions. Um, but and just how you got into the world of finance, because like I said, I have talked to so many people and it was never their first plan. They just no. fell to it. <laughs> And then they end up loving it. So I really appreciate you sharing all of that and also sharing how you grow your business, because I think that's really any of that can be a great takeaway um, for anybody, you know, to apply to their own. So, and I'm 100% on board with you building that community. It can open so many doors, so many doors. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Erica.
1: Thank you, Lindsay. I appreciate it.
0: Thanks again to my guest, Erica Schrock, who is working to change the narrative of females in the finance industry and take a different approach in her own business. Erica looks to inspire and empower female business owners while taking the burden of finance off their overflowing plate. If you'd like to connect with Erica, I will have her information in the description of this podcast. And once again, I'm Lindsay Berta, founder of Berta Marketing, where I partner with passionate business owners to help them show up with purpose, build a strong digital presence, and bring in more leads online. And I want to enable you to do more of what you love because my passion is helping you grow yours. For more small business marketing tips, subscribe to this podcast or learn more at BertaMarketing.com. Thanks for listening.